0: It's only a kick, a
1: jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. To the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borganoni and Matthew Betts.
0: Well, that is a lie. A big fat lie. There is no Kyle Borganoni on the show. Today, this is your host for this Friday episode, Matthew Betts. Borg is somewhere on a beach, which means. It is big shimmy time here on the DFS Embedding Podcast. Jason Moore, welcome to the show.
1: I believe this is the first show that has just been me and you, buddy. And let me tell you, I'm excited.
0: What's wild is I was trying to think about that before we started recording today, and I think you're right. Um, So that only means good things are going to happen on the show. I think someone's guaranteed to win the Millie Maker this week with our advice. Uh, Hopefully. Probably going to be one of us. But, uh, Let's be honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, with, with Borg out of the way, we can do whatever we want, say whatever we want, be whoever say, we, we want.
0: We can do whatever we want. Kyle likes to keep us on track or keep me on track. I should say we can do whatever we want today. Uh, we're happy you're with us. We're going to talk through some cash picks today, talk through a couple of GBP game stacks, uh, ways to get contrarian on the slate, preview the slate, of course, our slate breakers, and then we will prop it like it's hot at the end. Before we get into all that, Jason, I got to ask, how has your DFS season gone? Have you been playing a bunch? Uh, out there. I know you've been maybe not as successful with the face-offs on the Friday show as <laughs> usual.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say that I started a little poorly. The first two weeks, the the fantasy face-offs didn't go well, but the last two weeks, um, I've dominated I- in the fantasy face-off. I've won both times, uh, been up in the very cashing uh, amount of points, so I think this season is getting right on track.
0: Love it. Yes, and anytime I think of the Friday face-off, I just picture you in the turkey. (laughs) Mm. So so that's what that episode has become uh, to me. But, Jason, we got no time to waste. We got people that want to win some money. So let's jump into those cash picks. Straight cash, homie. All right. The quarterback position this week, Jason, is headlined by no other than Patrick Mahomes. So to me, the decision point on the slate for cash games is Do you just want to pay it for safety, right? I mean, Mahomes coming off a game where he was held in check uh, against the Jets, truthfully outplayed by Zach Wilson, which was just crazy. But this is a prime bounce back spot. Obviously, he's on the road taking on Minnesota. It's got the highest total on the slate. It's in a dome. They want to throw. We know the Vikings want to throw. So this game has shootout appeal all over it. He's 8.2k on DraftKings, So it is a pricey uh, you know, tag to get up to. Do you think he is worth getting up to in cash games or is there another quarterback on your list this week?
1: Yeah, so um in in cash games, obviously with the matchup against Minnesota, everything projects to go right. I do have a little hesitation with being the chalky of chalk with Mahomes only because and and really this week is going to be the telling week. We've got a, a as fantasy analysts ourselves and as fantasy players everyone listening, you have to kind of decide before this week what you believe the truth is in order to get it right this week, which is the question that I have is is the Kansas City Chiefs defense a problem for Patrick Mahomes fantasy value? Because their defense has been fully legit this year, uh even more so since Chris Jones has been back and Mahomes has not really had his giant explosive production this year. Um, You know, you look at four-point scoring leagues, 19 points, 21 points. He had a good week against Chicago, but then 13 points this last week. He is, I believe, the quarterback eight in points per game right now. And I do have a little hesitation. Like, if the Minnesota Vikings, the reason why they're such a good matchup, right, is because their offense is so good that they can keep up with people and their defense is so bad where it becomes a shootout. So the so here we're going to find out, can the Minnesota Vikings keep pace with this Kansas City Chiefs defense that has looked so good? Because if they can't, if they're going to finish the game with you know around 21 points themselves, then maybe Mahomes doesn't go nuclear against them. That being said, I mean, it feels stupid whenever you bet against Patrick Mahomes, he is the best quarterback, that has ever played the game. He's coming off of one of his worst performances that I remember seeing. And he's got a matchup where it's like, okay, maybe maybe Minnesota Vikings don't uh, don't go nuclear, but that doesn't stop Mahomes from picking him apart. So uh, wh- which side do you lean on? Are Are you confident that Mahomes is a top three fantasy finisher this week?
0: I think the thing that holds me back a little bit is just that price tag which we're not saying Mahomes is going to fail. I think he's very a, a strong bet for 18-plus DraftKings points, 20-plus DraftKings points. But at 8.2, is that good enough? That's the question, right? Because, man, I want to play Tyree Kill or Justin Jefferson or B. John Robinson, and it's very tough to do that when you pay up for Mahomes. So that's the decision point on the slate. If you are going to drop down, I feel like Kyle and I have been talking about Anthony Richardson literally every yeah, week that he's that's been healthy. The one. He's 7K, so he is going up in price, but I, I put this in my cash article on the site in the DFS Pass. It may seem like a lot of, you know, a jump in salary, but he's the QB3 in season-long formats in points per game, yet he is priced on this slate as the QB5 on drafting. So relatively speaking, I think he should be more. So I'm still in. The only question I have in regards to Anthony Richardson is, and we're waiting on Jonathan Taylor news, we don't know if he's going to play or not, is do the Saints... Are do, do the Saints the Colts? Um, you know, lean into to Jonathan Taylor. Do they give him more touches to to get him back into the flow of the the game? Like, because I want Anthony Richardson running. That's what that's what this is all about, right? He gets the pass funnel matchup against the Titans. So that's kind of where I'm at with Richardson. I think he's the play
1: for me if I'm choosing one. Do you have any concerns about the Jonathan Taylor thing this week? No, I don't have any concerns whatsoever with that. You you look back and you've seen you know. Zach Moss getting 18 carries, 30 carries, 18 carries. Um, You know, and Anthony Richardson's been good in every game that he's played in. So um, if Jonathan Taylor comes in and gets 25 carries, great. Maybe there's more scoring opportunities available because the offense is better. Um, When you check the ball down to Jonathan Taylor, it's worth a lot more than when you check it down to Zach Moss. I'm not concerned about that for Anthony Richardson. Um, He is probably the best pick until they price him correctly, Uh, right now, you know, obviously he had the unfortunate situation where plays a quarter, dominates, two rushing touchdowns, gets the early concussion, leaves the game. But we've never seen him, you know, be bad while he's on the field. The only bad thing was that he left the field. Uh, So I think other than getting banged up in a plus matchup, I'm I'm completely in on Anthony Richardson. Now, if you want to if you want to look for a cheap cash option, I think there's a handful of guys. Um Goff and Stafford are probably my my go-to picks this week. Uh I love when Goff is at home in a plus matchup. That's Goff is so wonderful. Like not enough credit is given to these really predictable players. You know, it's like sometimes it. it's only criticism. It's like, "Oh, he's bad on the road. He can only play at home." It's like, "Thank you." Thank you, because sometimes people are like, they 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 still have half good games and half bad games. That's most NFL players, but you just can't, it was like, oh, that was a bad matchup, but they went nuclear. No, no, no. He doesn't do that. In a bad matchup, Goff is going to fold. On the road, they're not going to do some spectacular fantasy production. In a plus matchup, at home, Goff is great. It's just pretty much how it always works, and he's in a plus matchup at home, so I'm, I'm down with that. Goff is 6,300 right now on DraftKings.
0: Yep, I love it. It's so clean. They're at home. It's in the dome. Uh, They have a massive team total, one of the highest on the slate. So I am in on that take as well. Um, Over on FanDuel, if you did want to play the opposite side of the Mahomes thing, Kirk Cousins, relatively speaking, is a value over there compared to DraftKings. So if you are looking at that side of things, that's where I would be playing my Kirk Cousins shares this week. At running back, man, it is not pretty, truthfully. Yeah, um, there, you know, there, there, aren't, there's no there aren't a CMC bunch of game breakers. Week. There's no Tony Pollard, you know, who always gets work. Uh, Josh Jacobs has had a slow start of the year, but his pr- workload projects very well for cash games most weeks. Those guys aren't there. So, and, and Saquon, we don't know if Saquon's playing, right? He's the top of the pricing, right? So he's the most a- expensive, and we don't know if he's <laughs> playing.
1: The third most expensive is Jonathan Taylor. We don't know if he's playing. So totally. this, it's really incredible that um, you you know the the most expensive guaranteed play is Derrick Henry, who doesn't feel safe in cash games for sure. Um I that's why for me I am in on Bijan Robinson. All he's been is unbelievable. When he touches the ball, he's unbelievable. He, his snap counts have gone up, his uh market shares have gone up. Everything has just gotten better and better. He's game script proof with his pass catching work and he plays against Houston just, you know, the last year and a half, a great matchup even including while they've gotten better as a team, this 2-2 two and two C.J. Stroud-led team is still beatable on the ground. So you expect big things from Bijan. And the nice thing about that is like, is, let's say Bijan doesn't go completely nuclear, which I think he could. He just seems like he has the safest high floor of almost, basically, of anyone outside of Christian McCaffrey to me already. Yep, I'm with you. And he gets that receiving work, too, right? Four-plus
0: targets in every game this year. What's crazy is, and it's actually kind of scary because his box scores have been so good, he's actually due for some luck in the touchdown department as well. He hasn't scored since week one, despite seeing more work each week. So sooner or later, it's going to happen. I think this is a great spot against the Texans. Um, Kieran Williams is a price point that you need to consider this week. Uh, He's 6,700, taking on the Eagles. Now, the tricky thing with that is that it's not a fantastic matchup against Philly. They've been pretty good against running backs. But man, Sean McVay's going to kill this kid. <laughs> he's literally out yeah. there all the time. And this week, you know, he did get, he did him a favor. He didn't play him on punt returns, right? <laughs> but he's still out there for like 80% of the snaps. And whenever a running back is going to touch the ball, 15 plus times is the floor. He has the goal line role. He has the receiving role. It's very hard to project, uh, you know, as a bad play. The question is, is his price point getting up there too much that you would consider him a lot? Because Kyle and I last week, you know, he's it 6K. It's like, dude, you got to play him. You got to play him at 6K. He's more expensive. It is a good game environment against Philly. The, the total has been bet up quite a bit. We're going to talk about that game today. Um, my lean right now, if I'm picking between these two guys, you know, Dave Montgomery, 6,600. is Kyron is 6,700. I think I prefer to drop down to David Montgomery. Do you have a a take between those two guys?
1: Yeah, I certainly prefer to drop down to David Montgomery. I I think David Montgomery has a better fantasy day than Kyron does. Kyron's a little bit banged up. Um, You know, we we just talked about being at home in a plus matchup for the Detroit Lions. I think David Montgomery is going to be super chalk at 6,600 coming off of his great performance last week, you know. Look, if they're up in this game, it's not the Jameer game. It's the David Montgomery game, and, and this is the one of the few winless teams left that they're playing against. Uh, David Montgomery is a great value. Uh, I, You know, I do think where Kyron's at, that he's a little bit banged up, the matchup against Philly. Like you said, you can't go wrong when a guy's just touching everything, but he's a little bit worrisome this week for me, especially when there are cheaper options. That are just as exciting, um, or maybe more exciting for me in one of them. Uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, the, the just as exciting to me at 6,300 is Alvin Kamara. Um, Alvin Kamara, a, 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 a historic, awful performance this last week. And it wasn't his fault at all. He did nothing wrong. He was thrown the ball to 14 times and caught 13 passes, the previous uh, lowest amount of yardage on 13 receptions was 71. He had 33. So, But the nice thing is, this is a full PPR. If you're telling me that you can catch double-digit passes at the running back position, you need to be like 9,500. Uh, the matchup might not be great against the uh, New England Patriots, but also... Derek Carr can't do anything other than throw it to Alvin Kamara. Now, maybe you're you're the injury expert here. I don't know what the timeline is on this shoulder, but what we watched and were so blown away with and disgusted by this last week was Derek Carr took the ball, maybe he would give a read to a wide receiver and then he would check it down. Otherwise, he would get the ball and he would straight pass to the running back over and over and over. That set Kamara up to not have great success in yardage. But I just I think you're going to see more of that this week. I think Kamara is going to be ten targets again, and at sixty three hundred in a full PPR, I'm 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 down with that. Yeah, I think they're going to limit his reps again in practice this
0: week uh, for Derek Carr. It's tough for any throwing athlete, you know, especially at this high of a level to play through an AC joint sprain. So yeah, it's going to be a couple weeks before he's back to one hundred percent. So that take makes sense uh, in the props market. We don't have the lines yet for Alvin Kamara, but if they're out there at like you know three and a half or four and a half. Sounds like uh, the big shimmy lock of the week is, is the over on Kamara. Um, let's talk DeAndre Swift real quick in that game. Man, since week two, like in week one, it was the Kenny Gamewell show. Since week two, it's been the DeAndre Swift show. You know, he's seeing a ton of work. He's leading the duo in touches, in carries, in playing time. And if you specifically take out that fourth quarter against Tampa, it's not even close between these two guys, uh, DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gamewell. So, he was in play last week. I thought at cash he was five point seven. He's up a little bit at six k this week. Uh, thoughts on DeAndre Swift at that price point?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's absolutely fine. He is their go to player. Um, the matchup isn't phenomenal against the Rams on the road, but the matchup wasn't phenomenal last week against the Washington Commanders, and he was the running back uh, eleven and a half PPR scoring. Um, he's the guy. That offensive line is opening things up. I'm I'm fine uh playing him. He's another really good option if you're building your lineups. Love it. All right, man. But it's your even time. Even cheaper. Here we go. This go price blows my mind. Brees Hall is fifty four hundred. It's like he has never done anything in his life before. And I get it. He's had a couple bad weeks. You know, the 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 Zach Wilson led team has been Not that great. There's a three-headed rotation, but not really. Not really. Dalvin Cook was on the field 25% of the time. Had five carries this last week. Head coach comes out this week and says, there is no more restriction on Brees Hall. Well, that insinuates two things. One, there was a restriction on Brees Hall. And two, it's going away. So if Brees Hall is going to get, let's say, 15 carries, you know, we've seen him getting, you know, 9, 10 carries a game. If he gets 15 carries against the Denver Broncos, the way that they are just, they are the Moses opening up the Red Sea, the way that they are <laughs> allowing running backs to just gash them over and over and over. We have seen Brees Hall get stuffed behind the line several times. The majority of his carries this season gets the ball, gets stuffed. But we have also seen Brees Hall this year, rip off massive, beautiful, big, fast sprinting runs where a defense can't handle him. If you give him that crease, he's gone. That's what Denver loves doing. They just, they love giving you creases to run through. So I think it's like a perfect matchup for him. And it doesn't cost you that much. You know, this is a a, a huge upside play that isn't going to cost you a ton. It allows you to put other... Uh, better players in the rest of your lineup. So, Brees Hall, for me, he's a a lock in in my lineups.
0: Yeah, he's interesting because it's one of those things where, like, in cash, you know, we're always trying to make sure that we're looking for that combo of floor and ceiling. And, you know, through one month, the floor really hasn't been there. Uh, We saw in week two, the floor is zero. So, it's a little unsettling just a few weeks later to be like, oh, plug him in, no questions asked. But, man, this matchup is so good. And literally every time Dalvin Cook touches the ball – it makes the coaching staff say, what are we doing? Brees needs to be touched. Dobbin looks done, man. It's It's not good. Yeah, really bad. So, and,
1: and, and if you look at the matchups, I mean, this is a matchup play, right? We love the Denver Broncos' horrifically, right. historically bad defense right now. But the last three weeks, what Brees has faced, Dallas in Dallas, phenomenal defense. The New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs, who we just talked about their defense being so good this year. Th- those are not what he's facing this week, so I-, I think you're taking advantage of the the lack of a floor he's had over the last three weeks, and um, you're not going to get this price again the rest of the season. That's my belief.
0: Yeah, over on FanDuel, we talked about Bijan already. He's still a decent value, or, or good value, I should say, 8,200. Uh, James Conner, relatively speaking, is a good value on FanDuel. He's 6,500 against the hapless Bengals currently, and his workload remains secure, and his skill set where we just look for touchdowns on FanDuel makes a lot of sense. At wide receiver, there are two guys at the top of the board this week. Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek is a little cheaper, but it's hard to say anything bad about either of these two guys. Over on FanDuel, Justin Jefferson is actually cheaper than he is on DK, so play him on FanDuel.
1: Do you have a lean between those two studs at the top? Uh, You know... I, I play either one. I I don't I have say, a. Huge, it's okay to say no. I don't have a huge lean. No, I I think you know you're gonna make different lineups and throw different options between those two studs. Uh, the matchup is better for Tyreek against the New York Giants versus Jefferson against Kansas City. But I mean, uh, yeah, put put both of them in. I they they are too good to ever worry about a matchup. Um, you know, we saw last week Tyreek didn't necessarily get a his. a a big game. That was the first disappointment of the season. Jefferson has not had a single remotely close disappointing game of the season, but he, he will at some point you'll go through the season and he'll have a bad game or two last year when he was unfathomably great. He had two games where he just disappeared. So it'll happen. I guess I lean Tyreek if I have to, but no, I don't have a lean between those guys. They're, they're, they're both too good to ever speak ill of. We will talk a lot more about Tyreek Hill later in the show. Spoiler
0: alert. Um, in the mid-range, it's so scary to trust Zach Wilson after what we just saw, but it goes back to the same thing with Brees Hall, right? It is the Denver Broncos matchup, and Garrett Wilson is coming off a 14-target type of performance. You give a player close to that 10 targets. that If he's this good, which he is, and you get that workload of that volume against the Broncos who just look broken in the secondary that just let Justin Fields have a career day after We all talked about how Fields may not be a starter in the NFL long-term. Then Denver fixed everything for us. So I like Garrett Wilson in the mid-range. 6K, full PPR scoring. Fits him very well. If you want to go down a little bit,
1: old man Adam Thielen, man. He just keeps getting it done. He does. (laughs) I i, he's (laughs) not He's not priced up well enough yet. At 5,100, you can continue to play him. He's in my uh, face-off lineup for this upcoming week. He just keeps getting it done keeps getting the targets, full PPR against Detroit where you're going to be trailing, you're going to be in a dome, uh, you're going to continue throwing the ball. I, I mean, he he's a great play. Um, I do think it's tough for me. At 5,100, he's a great price. Phenomenal. But there's two players that are so insanely mispriced to me that are from the same team. They're from my team, the Cardinals. And I get it because the Cardinals are, you know, there's still a lot of uh, preseason hangover, you know, of a team that would be a winless type of team. They've showed a lot more uh, competency than you thought they would. Uh, Joshua Dobbs has been actually okay at the quarterback position, and it's meant that Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson are actually okay. They're not terrible. But you wouldn't know that by their pricing because Hollywood Brown – right now is sitting at 5K. He's below Adam Thielen, and, I mean, he's been pretty darn good. You're talking about, um, you know, he's got – last week he was 10 targets, seven receptions, 96 yards. Um, He's been 10 targets in half of his games, seven targets in another. I mean, he's just super involved, and you know he's a talented player. So to get a, a player that is, you know, able to get double-digit targets – who is really talented at home, um, again, in a controlled weather environment, it, it feels really good. Like Marquise Brown would be a lock for my lineup if it wasn't for, in the same game, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson is, he is, he's not 5K. He's not even 4K. He is 3,700. He is sub-4K. This is a guy who just had seven for 70 and two touchdowns, a rookie who has looked like he's broken out. He's had three of his four games be very relevant for fantasy. You can't really find people in the 3,000s that project to like have good volume. So I, I certainly am not willing to risk in a cash game Hollywood and Michael Wilson both in a lineup. Like, if you want to go nuts and put Dobbs and those two guys in a lineup and, you know, go play a tournament with studs everywhere else, okay, have fun. But um, to me, like Michael Wilson, he, he opens so much up at 3700 At that point, you don't – at that price, you just don't need him to be special. And since he's being looked at around the end zone, I mean, there, there's multiple ways where – he could have a good game. He he could volume it, and he could just you know also have a touchdown.
0: Yep, I'm with you. Kyle brought him up actually on our Tuesday show, uh, and I said, yeah, I like that take. He's very cheap, and I was just looking in our optimizer in the DFS pass. Really, there's nothing right now as of the information we have. We'll see if anything changes with injuries this week. There's nothing that's really opened up in that 3K range, and if you want to play Bijan, Mahomes, uh, you know these guys you really do need these 3K guys. So I like Michael Wilson for that take. Um, We'll real quick just touch on it. I also think Zach Ertz is playable. I mean, the the Cardinals are just undervalued with the volume that they're seeing on a full PPR site. So what could go wrong all in on the Cardinals this week? But credit to Josh Dobbs. He's been good, It feels really stupid, doesn't it? Like It it feels like we should know better. And what's hilarious about that Tuesday show that Kyle and I did, we were talking about um, the arizona Cincy game just quickly, and he was like, dude, I... Guarantee you, if this stays within a field goal, Andy makes it the almost upset of the week. And that same day on the show, Andy says, man, I I think I'm going to put some money on this. And the line has since moved from three and a half to three. So I'm not saying Andy Holloway
1: is moving the lines, but might be moving the lines. Yeah, before we we leave that game, (laughs) we we like the Cardinals DST as well. Cincinnati has been um, – Joe Burrow has looked horrific, and until he gets healthy – uh, it's not going to be helpful not having T. Higgins, presumably, for this game. So Arizona's defense has has been all right. They've scored touchdowns. They've sacked the quarterback, and Joe Burrow hasn't stopped himself from getting sacked. So at 2,800, um, you you could see ways that that
0: could go well. Yep, I'm with you. They're a lock for me at that price point. The best sub-3K play, I think, on DraftKings. Um, before we move b- back into the you know tight end position and just finish up wide receiver, we're still waiting on T. Higgins' news. I think Tyler Boyd's fine at 4.5. Like he succeeded when he's had opportunity in the past. I will say there is more systemic risk with the Joe Burrow situation. So I don't love it. I think he's fine if it makes your lineup work. Also throw out a name to monitor is Wandale Robinson. It's scary because he hasn't played that much, but we saw a massive jump in his usage from his first game back off the ACL to his second. Now in his third, he's kind of playing ahead of you know, Paris Campbell types, Isaiah Hodgins types. So, they just need guys that actually can do something with the ball in their hands. Is he going to break the slate? Nope, certainly not. But he is 3K, and he will probably give you four to five catches for yeah,
1: when, forty yards. When <laughs> right? you and can find games, like, that can work. Yeah, when you can find someone at the at the basement, you can find that 3K player who projects to have PPR value. Those are those are absolutely fine in a cash lineup to allow you to to get other like known commodities in and then still not get a goose you put your $3000 player in and you still get some value back in points. All right, we are going to move on to stack tech, but first we're going to take a quick break. all right, all right jason
0: let's do this man it is time for the stack attack let's do it
1: stack attack
0: all right well i should say i'm also not as as you know used to the host chair as kyle is i didn't even mention the dfs pass dude the dfs pass uh, is why would you this mention
1: year. why would you mention it I feel like at this point we've got too re- many people in and I wanna oh, an win I wanna win now. some of these? Um, no, honestly, let me talk about it because you guys you guys do the heavy lifting. You do so much work in there and people like myself and thousands of people in the Footland they get to take advantage of it. I love all the I love all the uh, messages we're getting about. We have paid for Christmas uh for them because you guys are crushing it with just across the board um almost every article has been so great in in some of your picks in some of your dart throws um the prop lines have been crushing it on the season just absolutely phenomenal value the the lineup generator that we have if you want to throw in a couple of you know guys that you've got your takes on and then have it auto build lineups around that core so that you can Maybe players you're not thinking about that you might have a blind spot for, let the machine learning take care of it for you, um and help you put out winning lineups. I mean, the DFS pass is an absurd, absurd value. Um I, I know a lot of other sites, they're seventy, eighty, nine, a hundred dollars a month for basically the exact same thing that we give you, but we've always branded this as DFS for the rest of us. So, what is it? I think it's 50 bucks one time for the year and it goes through the playoffs. So, if you want really good advice, really good tools, just a lot of great football inside information um at at something that is a I think just a really normal good price for everyone. Uh hopefully you just win it back quickly. Love it. You you, you can go to pub. uh Yeah, you uh if you want to pick code. that up. Yeah, DFS Pass. <laughs> You guys have a promo code for this? We give a discount promo code. Yes, we didn't tell you guys. That's ridiculous.
0: Uh, (laughs) 10% off if you want to use it. I want all $50.
1: I don't want to give a (laughs) discount. Go to
0: DFSPass.com. All right, Jason. The game of the week is Kansas City at Minnesota. Now, we've already talked a little bit about Pat Mahomes. We don't need to go back into that, but the matchup is beautiful. Uh, Minnesota cannot rush the passer. They are 31st in PFF's pass rush grade. So let's start on their side of the ball. Mahomes is going to have a clean pocket. We think he'll pick him apart. They've got one of the highest team implied totals on the slate as a five-point favorite. They have got 29 implied total. So he's averaging 311 yards, two and a half passing touchdowns, and another 22 yards on the ground on the road in his career. If those numbers come to fruition in this matchup, he's certainly bringing someone or multiple players along with him. I think the conversation is somewhat easy because I've set a rule over the last year or so in tournaments if i am playing mahomes i want him with kelsey no matter what just because when they you know have these slate winning performances it's not these uh, i know you love justin watson it's just not these justin watson types usually so are you taking it a step further do you think it's just mahomes to kelsey and done um rashid rice a sleeper this week mbs any thoughts on on those guys
1: yeah, I, I think the the nice thing if you want to take a shot on um, another player, someone like Rashie Rice, it's his price point that allows me to go. Okay, you know because he's thirty six hundred, I can throw him in. Uh, you saw a game where he was two yards away from two touchdowns, totally separate drives. So I mean, there is he he was so close to having a multi touchdown game. He's got a little bit more involvement, and he's so cheap. That he allows you to do other things with your roster construction that I think I would be willing to I, I agree with you in general, right? Like if Mahomes has a a slate breaking performance, then so did Kelsey. With this core, without Tyree Kill, that means that you if you want Mahomes in a nuclear situation, then you will be sad if you didn't have Kelsey. I'm down with that. Um I do think that if you if you look to anyone else I would just focus on the value of Rashi Rice, but probably it's going to be Kelsey if you just want to play the odds.
0: Yeah, I like Rice as a dart throw this week, especially when we just talked about Michael Wilson. He's 100 bucks cheaper, so I love finding these like little price point pivots where it's like, okay, if the field is going to play Michael Wilson, who, like we said, is a good play, but there's a chance Rice can beat him, right? And if you have that guy, you have massive leverage on the field in tournaments. So if you are going to hate yourself on Sunday playing a secondary Chiefs guy. For me, it is Rashi Rice. Quick note on Kelsey, Minnesota is 22nd and schedule adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. He just had a down week. Love betting on him to have a bounce back spot here. Isaiah Pacheco. Man, the opportunities are on the rise. 12, 14, 18, 23 over the last four weeks. Season high last week and snap rate at 60%. I think he's a decent contrarian pivot off of a potential, you know, Chalky Mahomes stack. One thing you could say about this game, and we all love the over, don't we? I mean, who who likes to root for bad football? No one, obviously. But mm-hmm. games do fail sometimes and they hit the under sometimes. I think from a game theory standpoint, you could say, I'm going to take Pacheco and just get out of there and stack up another game. I think that's interesting. Um, any thoughts on Pacheco this week? He's pretty cheap. 5,700 on DK, just 6,600 over on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, um, the the Vikings, as far as schedule-adjusted defense against running backs, they're middle of the pack. They've averaged what would equate to 16.5 fantasy points given up uh, in half PPR scoring to the running back position. So I don't think this is like a a slam-perfect matchup. Sometimes I think people uh, use too broad of a brush stroke with a good offense or a bad – or I'm sorry, a good defense or a bad defense. Usually you want to target them in certain areas, and and with – with the vikings you want to target the secondary you want to target the receiving options i would agree that for the price pacheco is his opportunities on the rise it seems like he's underpriced for what you expect him to do uh i just don't know if i expect um a massive performance you know one of those like oh he's going to go out there and put up 25 30 points yeah totally fair on the minnesota side
0: we already talked about stacking up you know mahomes and you can do it that way You could also stack up Kirk Cousins and then bring it back with someone on the Chiefs side if you want to stack up this game. Um, Last week was a complete anomaly. On the road against Carolina, just gross game environment. They only got off 44 offensive plays. That is like historically outlier low. But if you go back to weeks one through three, tons of pace, tons of plays, uh, third and pass rate over expectations. So the attempts should be there. And as we saw with the Jets, the first few weeks, they just they hid Zach Wilson, But teams know against Mahomes, you have to throw the football if you want to have a chance to win. That's what Kirk Cousins loves to do at home. So we already mentioned he's a great value on FanDuel. I'm really interested to see where he comes in uh, for tournaments on DK if he kind of slips through the cracks a little bit. But great spot. And I think kind of similar to like the Kelsey thing, if I'm playing Cousins, would you uh, make sure you lock your lineups with Justin Jefferson?
1: I don't don't think necessarily that you have to. I mean, we've seen... He has more targets to go around than, than locking Travis Kelsey in where basically there's no way you know, Mahomes is throwing four touchdowns and, and Kelsey is active for the game and has none of them. Um, but we've seen like TJ Hawkinson could get two touchdowns and fall over in the end zone or um, Jordan Addison has been a revelation. Jordan Addison is a player that I think is a really good pivot option because I think his ownership should be very low. So if you're looking at a tournament coming off of a goose egg, uh, like you said, they had a. It was such a weird game, man. I mean, every every moment of that game, the the defensive turnovers on both sides of the uh, of the game set up weird game scripts. I mean, Kirk Cousins had his first bad game of the season. Jordan Addison had his first goose egg of his career. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson sucked, and also the Vikings got their first win of the season. I was like, wait. What? Everything just didn't make sense. In this game, you're gonna have to have Kirk Cousins throwing a ton. And if he's throwing a ton, Jordan Addison's not getting goose egged, and I don't think people love playing players off of a goose egg. They feel really bad about it. Um, and you wanna you wanna get the trend before it bounces back? You wanna be the trend setter.
0: Love it. I just looked in our our optimizer. Currently projected for one point eight percent. Yes, please. So I love that call, especially with this price coming down a little bit relative to last week. Um, the route rate is still on the rise. I don't know what this team is doing with KJ Osborne. I think it just needs to stop. <laughs> let's let's get Addison out there. But I always you know, kind of talk about this all the time. Like with rookies, you sort of have to play it before you see it. Otherwise, you'll kind of miss the boat and everyone's going to be on them the next week. So I like that call quite a bit. Uh, with Hawkinson, we kind of skipped over him uh, for the FanDuel section. I think he's totally in play in cash. He's 6800 on FanDuel. That is way too cheap, relatively speaking, for how their pricing works. 6500 on DK. Nine targets, eight targets, 11 targets in the first three games before that weird game last week against Carolina. So I'm with you. He's an interesting contrarian pivot off the Kelsey uh, situation. Uh, Alexander Madison? Yes, no, maybe so.
1: Alexander Madison has looked really good since Cam Akers has been there. It's been, whether it's motivational or not, I don't know. But uh, this is not a, this isn't the situation I want to play Madison. Um, you know, the the running game has been pretty stout for Kansas City. Uh, they, they haven't given up much to running backs because you've got to throw so much on them. Madison doesn't have the strongest hands in the passing game where I go, yeah, I'm gonna get a Camaro-like performance as they, uh, you know, dink a dunk their way down the field. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm not super excited about Madison this week in uh, in tournaments. W- I did want to bring up one name going back to tight ends because you were like, oh, we didn't talk about Hawkinson. We also didn't talk about Mark Andrews. I agree with you that Hawkinson is a little mispriced because he's only sixty five hundred, and the way that the pricing works is like that's th- that seems pretty low for what his value you would expect to be. But a thousand dollars cheaper than that is Mark Andrews. I mean fifty five hundred that is that is not where Mark Andrews usually lives, yeah, he finally i I mean, I know you have a ton of him in like best ball
0: and stuff like that. I do too. my my bags are packed, so to speak, on the Mark Andrews stuff. If that doesn't go well this year, um, it's gonna be a bad best ball season for me. <laughs> So it was good to see him finally get that game last week. And DK didn't move his price. They bumped him up 100 bucks. So yes, I'm with you. I, he is a great cash game play. We, we did skip over that. Uh, let's move on to our next game stack here. It's my Eagles. Fly Eagles fly. Taking on the Rams. The DraftKings Sportsbook line is Philly minus four. The over-under has been bet up massively. This game, when Kyle looked at the end of the week last week on like our Friday or Saturday, it was like 58.5, 57.5, something like that. It's above 50. 50 and a half. So people are putting their hard-earned money on the over, which you love to see. We're waiting for Cooper Cup news. Obviously, if he's back in this game, that changes a bunch of things. I think it makes Stafford a much better play. I think it makes Puka less of a cash consideration, but more of a potential GPP pivot option. But that would definitely add to the game environment. Right now, the Rams, dude, they just want to throw and throw and throw some more. And as four-point underdogs, I think they're going to have to. So any love for the Stafford stacks this week taking on Philly?
1: Absolutely love Stafford this week. He, I mentioned him in passing, but I think he's one of the best prices on the slate of fifty six hundred. You're getting a a really cheap player who is on pace for fifty two hundred passing yards. He has he's just been phenomenal. You watch the games and you're like, wow, his arm looks great. His reads are awesome. You know, everything's made about how great Puka has been, how great Tutu has been. Well, it's Stafford getting him the ball, finding him, hitting him exactly where he needs to. Stafford is on freaking point. And the thing is, is that all the touchdowns have been going on the ground rushing to Kyron Williams. This is a matchup against the Eagles with basically no safeties, losing cornerbacks. Their secondary's just been depleted by... Um, injuries and some offseason transactions, but their strength is still that D-line. Um, I, I expect that they might have to throw the ball more if they get in the red zone than run it to be successful against these Eagles. If they have Cooper Cup, I'm sure most people are unaware, but Cooper Cup has scored several touchdowns in his career, um, including making me a ton of money leading oh yes, uh that that was one of my favorite all-time bets because I went in heavy um and uh he he just kept was leading last the year? league uh, two, two two years, years ago, ago maybe I think when uh he led the league in touchdowns but uh so yeah I mean I I love Stafford here I I don't imagine I would ever I mean I I get what you're saying like you, you want to be ahead of the curve ahead of the the game um with rookies and you kind of could make the argument that's what you'd be doing to put Cooper Cup in, but I think if Cooper Cup is active, they're probably not going to have him be the fifteen target, you know, Cooper Cup that he usually is in his first game back. When they might not need that with Puka and Tutu looking good, so I would rather stack him with Puka than with Cup for the price. Uh, But I love Stafford. I absolutely love him. And I like Tyler Higby, who's been more involved in a full PPR. I I think could be maybe a sneaky play as well. Yep, I like
0: that stack quite quite a bit. Um, Philly, we know just historically, has not defended the tight end position very well. Higby saw 11 targets last week. That was awesome. Um, I also want to point out what wide receiver ones have done against this Philly secondary so far this year. If there is no Cooper Cup, it would be Puka. And here are the stat lines. Terry McLaurin has done nothing so far this year, but last week, eight catches, 86 yards. Mike Evans, five catches, 60 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. Justin Jefferson, 11 catches, 159 yards on 13 targets. Week one, uh, Kendrick Bourne, six catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. So I think it's another big puka game. I'm with you, and I kind of hope Cooper Cup plays to bring his roster percentage down. So we will see on that. But overall, I'm with you. You think about uh, the touchdown rate. Uh, for Stafford. It's crazy. 1.8% so far this yeah. year is one of the yeah. lowest marks in football. That is not going to stick
1: because well, he not has like,
0: over th- 300 yards in three of his four
1: games. Yeah, this isn't some unknown... You know, this isn't uh, C.J. Stroud throwing for a lot of yards, but we don't know how he's going to be. This is Matthew Stafford. We he A couple years ago, he just threw for 40-plus touchdowns. He's got a 1.8% touchdown rate. Like, that's not that's not sticking. You've got to... You, you know, the price will adjust when the touchdowns start coming. The touchdowns haven't come, and the price is very low. So go in now on Stafford. Yep, I like that call. On the Philly side, we already talked
0: about DeAndre Swift. I think he's in play. It's always, I think, tricky because we know the ceiling is there every week for A.J. Brown. I mean, look uh, to last week, what he can do. But Devonta Smith also has a ceiling. The tricky thing is they keep getting so close in price that I almost just get stuck, and I'm like, I don't know who to play. I'll just skip over it, which I know is not what you should do. But if you're stacking up Stafford, I think one of those two guys is my preferred bring back on the other side. Devonta Smith, 7,400 on DK. A.J. Brown is 8K. Um, A.J. Brown's seeing a ton of 1st read targets, a ton of air yards. So I think he's my preferred play even after a huge game last week. Do you have a lean on those two guys?
1: I prefer to the opposite. I prefer Devonta Smith mm. this week. I, I feel like A.J. Brown is the man-beater. Devonta Smith is the zone-beater. You've got the Los Angeles Rams playing a lot of zone so I, I think just matchup wise if if you can take the you know the what is that a $600 savings and go to Devonta Smith, who's still been great, I, I find that when I was building my lineups and I was looking for all the players that I, that I really like and I'm trying to squeeze in and make pivots here and there, I couldn't get to A.J. Brown, but I could often get to Devonta Smith, and I you know you could make an argument for the path where he has the better game this week.
0: What's interesting, too, is I I just looked. kind of seems like the field is going to do what I just said, which is play A.J. Brown. He's at 13% in the optimizer. uh, Devonta Smith down at 4%. So if you do want some leverage on the field, that is interesting. Pivot? (laughs) Pivot to Devonta Smith. I love it. Um, Jalen Hurts is pretty straightforward. He's just expensive. That's the tricky thing is if you do stack up that side, uh, it makes it a little tougher. So my preferred play in this game is to stack the Stafford side and pick a Philly bring back uh do you disagree or, or what are your no, thoughts there? no
1: I, I like that I don't mind I don't mind playing uh hurts especially if you're in cash just because you know this will this will really shock people but those very expensive options they it's because they score a lot of fantasy points so um good. it's because they're really good like Christian McCaffrey was very expensive last week and you should have played him so yeah, I'm 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 fine paying up for uh, that, but you can get a piece of the Philly offense by bringing back one of these wide receivers, and um the value on Stafford I think is it makes it my preferred route as well. Love it. All right, two more games to
0: talk through. Oh boy, we got the Giants taking on the Dolphins. The reason we are talking about this game is because the Dolphins have a 30.3 team implied total according to DraftKings Sportsbook. They are 11 home favorites. The total is currently at 49 and a half. And what really was unfortunate for me is Kyle and I had to record our Tuesday show on Monday afternoon. He left for the beach Tuesday morning. So recorded a little early. And I said, I don't know what Daniel Jones is going to do in the Monday night game, but his price is cheap. He's 5,800. We've seen him run. And I said, I hope he doesn't have a terrible game on Monday night. Oh my gosh. It cannot have been a worse take after seeing that. So I'll preface that by saying, I have removed my prior uh, take on Daniel Jones. That said, it is going to be a negative game script. They're going to have to throw. Uh, We saw this situation play out against Arizona where Daniel Jones had a slate-breaking performance. He was the quarterback one of Fantasy that week where they got down huge in the second half. I looked and I was so terrified, Jason. He's currently projecting as our best GPP value in the optimizer. Is that crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, It's terrifying. I mean, that feels really bad. It feels really bad. I don't want it to be the case, and I don't think my heart can do it. So maybe that's where the optimizer is a nice avenue because you can close your eyes, just make 10 lineups, leave your quarterback empty, and you'll end up with some Daniel Jones in it and then be like... And don't watch the game. Oh, man. I mean, obviously, we know with his rushing ability, and I think the presumptive inclusion of Saquon Barkley in this game makes a huge difference for him. Um he often in his career has monstrous fantasy performances and more often in his career has putrid fantasy performances. I mean, that's pretty much how he's always been. Like 75% of his games are trash. But the 25% that are good are like top 3 level good. He gets, you know, 70 plus rushing yards and uh, a rushing touchdown or two and uh, throws one. So at 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 5,800 you can make an argument for it. I, I'm not going to though. I, I, I will not purposely put him in my lineup this week. I just feel not as confident about it as I do some of the other options. Yeah, totally fair. Just wanted
0: to point out he is projecting well, which is so scary but it could happen. Um, if you are stacking him I know it's in bad. I think the way you look at it is you just take the cheap cheap option in Wandale. You hope the the routes come up, you hope the targets keep coming up. He's so cheap that he doesn't have to do that much. We talked about him, or it's Darren Waller. And look, I know that it's not good, right? The situation's not good. But if you are stacking this game, that's where I would go. Uh, Miami allowing the fifth most tight end reception so far this year. Let's talk about the fun side of this game, which is the Dolphins. And I love betting on this team at home after, you know, they have this huge game on the schedule against the Bills they fail. They get crushed. And now they come home and they get a cake matchup. So I think the answer is yes. But do you have any leans on where you would go with these guys? Because we know the ceiling is there for Mostert, Tyreek, Waddle, Tua, uh, anyone really on the list. So the one I really want to hear your takes on it is the running backs because that price point is interesting.
1: Yeah, the price point is very interesting. They Neither one of them cost too much to avoid. Um, if you're in a tournament, I think I lean Mostert because of, you know, the, the, the ownership projections will have a chain, being the, why don't you verify that for me? Give me the ownership projections between a and Mostert, but I would presume that Mostert, despite, um, you know, having more fantasy points on the season, basically it's, what have you done for me lately? We saw the snap count, uh, change where a Chan was 60% and Mostert was 42%. A-chan had more opportunities, but you also had a situation where A-chan played a lot more in the second half of that game. Mostert fumbled a couple times. So it it could be a situation where they just made that pivot and they were getting blown out. Uh, presuming that Miami wins this game, which I think is a fair presumption, Mostert might be the dude that gets them there. So in a tournament, I'd rather go with the uh, less exposed player when they both have monstrous upsides. DFS professional Jason Moore. Uh so what, yes, what's 18%. 18% for 18. Uh, HM. HM?
0: Yep, and mostrd I currently see 6.7. So, yeah,
1: that's that's what I would expect.
0: Beautiful. Love it. Um there's not much to say on the Tua stacks. Their ceiling is massive every week. They have the highest team in play total on the slate on the slate, so they're going to project very well. Um Waddle I wanted to point out on FanDuel. He's buried. 6800 is very cheap for a guy that's as talented as Jalen Waddle. He hasn't really done anything this year, which I'm so mad at DraftKings for, by the way. They just don't change his price. They keep leaving <laughs> him at like 7.4, 7.5, 7.6. They're like, and we know like what he this, can do. But he hasn't done anything. So if you are going to play him uh, on FanDuel, this is the week to do it. He is buried in pricing. I read also this on the, out,
1: the main show earlier this week, but if you look back at last season, here are some of Jalen Waddell's fantasy finishes Wide receiver 60 on the week, wide receiver 75 on the week, wide receiver 98 on the week, wide receiver 68 on the week. He had a lot of these games. And he finished last year as the wide receiver 7. Because in those other games, you're talking about a player that can do things that not a lot of people can do. You know, get 143 yards and a touchdown. Get 106 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's, He's a game breaker. So, yeah, if, he, if he's mispriced on FanDuel, I'm fine with that. Yep, good
0: call there. I um, also wanted to throw out, too, if you did just want to not even, you know, worry about a, a bring back on the Giants side, I don't think you have to. I think regardless, the the Dolphins are putting up points, so I don't think you have to force it. You could also, if you wanted to get contrarian, just play Mostert and stack him up with the Miami defense and just say the Giants fail miserably. Mostert scores two touchdowns. Uh, they tee off on Daniel Jones, as every defense has done. I like think that's very much in play. They are a little expensive, so I don't I, love it, but it's an option.
1: I, I, I like your thought process there. I think if I was to do the running back defense combination, that's where I would lean more to the A-chan side. What we've seen in the blowouts is even though he's undersized, I, I think they would prefer if they were going to say, I want to rest one of these players for the next game. I think it's most that they would say, hey, the 31-year-old running back who is our starter, we want to have him for the stretch run. He's dealt with injuries through his career. We're up by a ton. Let's just keep giving it to, to A-Chan over giving it to Mostert.
0: Yep, good take there. All right, the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young travel to Detroit as nine-point road underdogs, scoring drafting the sportsbook. The over-under is forty five 44, excuse me, and a half points. Really, we're talking about this game because of the lines. 26.8 team applied total is one of the highest on the slate. We talked about David Montgomery. He's an awesome play. He's very expensive on FanDuel. That's a tough sell at 8,500, but I get it. We talked about his his DK price is awesome. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what the field wants to do with this as far as projected roster percentage. You know, Montgomery we love, but any running back can fail in a week. And so you could say to yourself, okay, if the field is on Montgomery, if he fails... Does Jared Goff throw two touchdowns or three touchdowns? And do you stack him up as leverage off Dave Montgomery? I think if you're stacking Jared Goff, it's clearly with Ross St. Brown. Um, Any love for Josh Reynolds? Or in a large field, just dart throw? Jamison Williams should be back this week. We don't really know what he's going to be. But he is 4K on DraftKings.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to have, I think, a lot of people taking that dart throw on Jamison Williams because... He has that elite speed, the crazy, you know, we, we saw it with his first and only catch of his career, a 41-yard touchdown. Um, I'm not going to do it. I, I I think that you're probably – the odds that you're wasting your lineup and your pick on that are a little bit too high. For me, it's, it's Amon Ross-St. Brown uh, and Sam Laporta. Those are the only two players that I really want to play around with a stack on that side. I think this is, you know, uh, Jared Goff should be good. David Montgomery should be good. Amon Ross should be good. Um, And Sam Laporta, for what he is, will be all right. You would need touchdowns to really pay off on the $5,000 price tag there at tight end. So i I probably lean not even Laporta. Um, You know, I'd rather try to find a a cheaper uh, tight end that still has a good shot at a uh, a touchdown. but I'm not going Jamison Williams. I mean, he played in six games. You know, it's like, we feel like, Oh, he missed his rookie season, but he didn't miss his rookie season. He played in six games and was not utilized. And it's like, well, he was coming off the ACL. Sure. But there's a lot of players that come off an ACL that don't play in six games and constantly get 18% snaps and don't make it on the field and have more than one catch in that entire time. Um, the talent is there. I mean, coming out of Alabama was like, this was my number two uh, pre-NFL draft wide receiver that year. His speed is unbelievable. His athleticism is incredible. He's he's a very talented player. I don't trust what I've seen from him in how the Lions utilized him to throw him in right away. Maybe that's Maybe that's stupid. I mean, I kind of agree with you. There was a
0: quote from Dan Campbell this week talking about, like, a good season for him would be – uh, you know, getting reliability and just like the quotes were not like, oh, we're going to throw him in and he's going to get target. You know, it was more like, can he do his job? And they made him play in the preseason, dude. Like he he's so raw. They made him play in the preseason and then he had the hamstring injury. So how healthy is he? We don't know. So I'm with you. I think if the field goes there, that would be a fade for me. On the Carolina side, opponents are throwing on Detroit at the third highest rate in football. And it is because their run defense is awesome. So no thank you on Miles Sanders for me this week. Uh, he was also banged up last week with the groin injury. We saw Chuba Hubbard play a bunch. We talked to Adam Thielen. It's a revenge game, dude, for DJ Chark. If you did want to pivot off Thielen, who will be more popular, he's 4K. Since he came back from the hamstring injury, you know, he missed week one. Uh, In his other games, he has an 84% route rate, so he's out there. How lucky do you feel? Will Will he catch a deep bomb is the question. Uh, pretty straightforward on Carolina's
1: side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very straightforward. I think the only question is, um, do you want to you know, play with the groin of Miles Sanders? And I don't want to play with Miles Sanders' groin. So he didn't look good last <laughs> week. I'm going to stay away until he does. Well said. All right. We're going to prop it like it's hot in a second. But
0: before we do, Jason, the people, they, they need it. They want to know who is breaking the slate this week. Who is winning them a million zillion dollars? I'll give you the floor first.
1: Well, if I'm looking for someone that has the potential to do that, I'm going to throw Bijan Robinson out there against the Houston Texans. He has had so much utilization and such good fantasy finishes for a player who hasn't been scoring touchdowns. At some point this season, Bijan's going to have his multi touchdown breakout performance, and I would like to not play him the week after that. But the first week it happens. So he's my pick that I want to have in my lineup to potentially break the slate. It is a Bijan week. You hear it here first. I will throw out Mr. Tyreek
0: Hill. Now, this seems obvious, which it is, but two weeks ago he broke the slate. Last week he really struggled. This matchup against the Giants is awesome for these guys where they get the ball in space, they create it with the ball in their hands after the catch. The Giants are bottom three in PFFs tackling grade. Now they gotta tackle han Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. One of these guys is popping off. And we've seen a huge ceiling from Tyree before. So I would love to be in on Tyree Kill and get overweight the field exposure. I think sometimes people are too scared about the spread. It's like, oh, well, they blow him out, or you know, is there gonna be pushback from the Giants? Well, if they blow him out, these guys are the reason why. So I love Tyree Kill. Let's prop it. Prop it like it's hot. Don't forget, you can always get our prop picks, prop bets. As part of the DFS Pass, we charge an extra $0.0 for our premium prop subscription. But we
1: charge that every month.
0: (laughs) Right. We make sure every every first
1: of that month, we're like, hey, shell it out another $0. (laughs) And we come calling. Exactly. So we've got a
0: handful in the DFS Pass for you. But let's give a couple bonus picks today. Jason, I will throw it to you first.
1: Um uh, yeah so it's funny we we were uh, we were talking and I was like oh can we can we put out a Thursday night I didn't realize how early we were pre-recording this episode and uh but the one that I wanted that I found on my own you had already picked earlier this week at a better rate um so hopefully that comes through but the one I'm going to go with um is you know you know how I'm Mr. Rookie tight end oh, you um love them. I just love them because they're always so good their rookie year which they aren't but Dalton Kincaid has a line right now of over two and a half catches uh on Bet MGM. Uh, it's, uh, it's a good old line as there is. Um and here's the thing. A couple weeks ago, they had such a blowout win that Dalton Kincaid wasn't utilized whatsoever. They just didn't need him. I was excited for Kincaid this last week because they were playing the Dolphins. Surprisingly. The Dolphins did not keep up with them offensively, so you didn't have the total fantasy game performance that I think you you could have had, that you wanted to have, um, and instead, he kind of was a little bit of a disappointment, Dalton Kincaid was, but he had five targets and four receptions, and almost all of that came right off the bat in the beginning of the game. They're like, oh, this is going to be a high-power game, let's throw the ball, they threw it to Dalton Kincaid a lot, but then the, the bills got up and, and they didn't do much. So I think the two and a half line, um, he's done that in three of his four games. Say what you want about being disappointing for fantasy. You know, his half PPR finishes four points, six points, 1.4 points. That's trash. But also he covered, he covered, he didn't, he covered. So I'll take a 75% rate of over two and a half in a game with the line where it just it projects to be really well and, and the defensive matchup against tight ends specifically um, should play out to your advantage. Yeah, the Jags have given up
0: a bunch of receptions to opposing tight ends. Um, let's stick in the same game. This is the London game, by the way. So you will have a, a sweat on Sunday morning with our it's, two props here. It is the London
1: game that is somehow a Buffalo Bills home game, not a right, Jaguars of game even though this is the Jaguars' future city, and they, I'm sure this <laughs> stadium will there. be... Yeah, and they just played there last week. They're, they are literally at home right now, and it's like, oh, come on, Buffalo. We'll call this a Bills home game.
0: It won't be. Yeah, <laughs> they got the, the short end of the stick on that one. Um, I'm going to go a little contrarian, I feel like, with this take. I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence under. I love 248 this 248 and a pass, uh, pass yards. That is minus 114 on FanDuel. He's been under this mark in three out of four games so far this year. Buffalo, they did just lose Tradavius White, so that's a little concerning. But they're third in EPA for drop back on defense. And Lawrence's dot. I don't know if it's a Zay Jones thing. I don't know what it is. It's 7.2. Among starting quarterbacks, that is 29th in the league. So there's not really explosive passing in this offense, which is crazy when you have Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne out of the backfield and, and all these guys. Um...
1: I don't know, man. Yeah, six point six yards per attempt. It's it's absolutely putrid, and and Lawrence hasn't has he just hasn't looked great yet. Yeah,
0: and Bills games too. Um, per Pat Thorman of Established a Run, wrote this up. Those games with the Bills rank dead last in the average number of combined snaps that are played between teams that are playing the Bills. So I think it's kind of a sneaky letdown spot. So I'm gonna take the under on Trevor Lawrence. Reminder: you can get those in the DFS pass. If you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com. We'll direct you to the DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg plus bets. We got contests in there left and right. Uh, Jason's playing in those. I'm playing in them. Kyle's playing in them. Come take our money, please. We would love for you guys to do that with us. Um, we'll have more contests in there, too. I usually put one in for like Sunday night showdown, for Monday night showdown, stuff like that. So that is where you can come play with us. Jason,
1: we did Yo, it. Yo, we did it. We, we did hey, it. Can I just say something? I don't know how any of the advice will go, but I think the show is incredible.
0: Oh, we crushed it, dude.
1: Dude, We could get terrible advice, but as long as people were entertained for an hour, that's all that matters. Yeah, well, I hope it's not terrible advice. I don't think it will be. Hopefully we know our stuff. Uh, Let us know how it goes this week for for you in uh, DFS. And don't forget to check out dfspass.com if you want way more information than this show could ever give you. Much more detailed... um, Reports, tools, analytics, articles, everything you need at dfspass.com. Thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so you can do this with us all season
0: long. Yes, sir. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good luck out there. Win something huge. We'll see you on Tuesday.
1: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.